We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network on the airwaves across the country in over 30 states, 179 radio stations. And then, of course, on the World Wide Web, we are live streaming the show. The audio is available at AFR.net. That's our website, AFR.net. We also have the app available for free to download. You can listen live on the mobile application as well. And then we uh, live stream the video each weekday here on the show. We live stream the video on AFR's Facebook page and also on YouTube, on the AFA at the Core YouTube channel. Um, So those are the two places you can watch the show. And then our website and our app is where you can get the audio stream. And, of course, our podcast is posted uh, after the show each day, so you can go back if you missed part of it and listen to the uh, full show or anything you've missed, or maybe you just want to listen again for your information. Out of the book of Proverbs is our scripture for the week. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of of God and man. That's our scripture for the week out of book of Proverbs, chap, uh, chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. In the second and, and third segment, we're going to have on a special guest with us, us Twyla Braze, who many on our network uh, who listen to the network have heard before. But Twyla Braze is president and co-founder of the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. She's a RN, a registered nurse, and a public health nurse. Uh, She will be on with us second and third segment of today's show to talk about the COVID-19 pandemic, her perspective uh, on the many issues uh, revolving around the pandemic. So stay tuned for that coming up. Jumping right into the news of the day, I came across this study which caught my attention. Much of, uh, you know, many studies that are released now are, They only reaffirm that which we've already known. Uh, Every once in a while, you'll come across a study that uh, reveals something novel, something new. But this had to do with one's mental health. More specifically, it had to do with ensuring long-term brain health and uh, ways to prevent and stave off Alzheimer's disease. This... um, publication, this study, was done by uh, researchers from New York University. And I, I bring this up because almost all studies reaffirm, when I said that which we already know, they also reaffirm that which God's Word tells us. It's like man is out here studying all these things, and they think they're going to come up with something new And their studies only uh, affirm that which God's Word has already told us and that which God's character has already told us. Well, this one's uh, pretty similar to that. 
And here's here's the uh, the results of this study on ways to prevent Alzheimer's disease. Conversations, this is reading directly from the publication here, conversations may be the key to a healthy mind, a new study reveals. Researchers from New York University find that having a good listener in your life, such as a close friend or a relative, I would say spouse, boosts brain power and may stave off the onset of Alzheimer's. The research team says uh, supportive interactions protect against mental decline, even in younger people. Conversely, those in their 40s and 50s with no one to talk to displayed a cognitive age of at least four years older than their peers. Moving on in the study or the article here, the risk of brain-related illnesses ranging from dementia to depression also drops among people who have more social interactions. Neurologists believe stimulating activities, physical exercise, and positive conversations can all boost the brain. And it goes on to say that loneliness is one of the many symptoms of depression and has other health implications for our patients. I bring that up because, of course, human-to-human interaction and fellowship is critical to a healthy life. That's clear. Um, you saw the disciples. You saw many people in Scripture have all kinds of, of, of face-to-face interactions and fellowship with, uh, with other people. Uh, that we see that today, it's, it's overall good for your health to have healthy interactions and relationships with other people. But also, this um, this really provides a counter viewpoint to the uh, lockdown proponents, the people who say we all just need to stay in our house because of the pandemic. We don't need to go to church. We don't need to go to the grocery store. We just need to do the uh, the pickup grocery or have them deliver it to your front door and don't even see a human. Uh, you got all these people saying that because of COVID, we need to lock the country, lock the world down in the name of public health. Well, <laughs> what about all the other negative? What about all the negative um, health effects of locking people down, of of forcing people to not interact with other humans? Let's talk about those negative effects. But no, 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 we can't talk about that because we're going to get canceled. (laughs) If we bring up any viewpoint other than what these so-called experts say, well, we're going to be canceled. Um, This, uh, you know, there was the strategy, and there still is a strategy to a certain extent, to uh, uh, some nursing homes, some uh, assisted living facilities, even some hospitals still have very stringent visitation policies. Some you can't even go in to visit a patient or someone living at these retirement or assisted living facilities, and that's just inhumane. That's just inhumane. To to try to to claim that you're protecting someone against COVID, but you're also making them suffer emotional and mental distress as a result of, quote-unquote, protecting them from COVID, um, that is just inhumane. And so we got to weigh out our risk and reward and our risk factors here. And for many people, uh, they're willing to, um, quote, uh, risk their health or exposure to COVID from uh, interacting with other humans and having a good uh, uh, life. And also the the flaw in that way of thinking, you know, claiming that we're going to isolate people and protect them, uh, we've all got to interact with somebody at some point. We're not meant to be cave animals. Uh, We're humans. God created us to interact with one another. 
Uh, so this whole idea of isolation and segregation in the name of public health uh, is just a bad overall strategy and not good for public health, I would argue. Another story I wanted to get to, this one's this one's class, a, a classic here. The left now, and, and the dem- basically the Democrats and the left and the regressive, they're all the same now. There's no not much of a difference here. Well, you've been hearing all the, the, the socialists out there say that we need to cancel rent. We need to have uh, not only universal basic income, but we also need to have uh, basically let people live places and squat and not pay rent, not pay their mortgage, and they should just be fine. Nobody should mess with them. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't evict them, which is why the Biden administration has illegally extended the eviction moratorium without authority without legal precedent. But one major proponent of what they're calling a canceling rent is Ayanna Presley. She's the Massachusetts representative. Ayanna Presley, she's been pushing this eviction moratorium and, and extending it for months now. She's been a large proponent of that. She even introduced a bill in Congress. Thankfully, it didn't pass, but it would have, uh, can't, it would have eliminated rent from uh, people who rent it across the country to where you could just stay in a house for free. <laughs> we know it's not free. Somebody's got to pay for it, but it wouldn't be the tenants. It would be the landowner. Well, as it turns out, thankfully, uh, thankful for a financial disclosure here, what would we do without these financial disclosures? Well, it turns out Ayanna Presley and her husband actually make money off of rental properties. Yes, you heard me right. Her two 2020 financial disclosure filed last week disclosed between 5000 and 15000 in rental income from a Boston property in her husband's name. The property was converted into a multifamily apartment after it was purchased, according to Presley's disclosure. And so here, the, uh, here these Democrats are, specifically Representative Presley, pushing to cancel rent for all Americans to where these landlords are out there to dry with no income, no way to evict people who aren't paying their bills. And she herself is making money off of rental property. I mean, you can't make these stories up. It's uh, the rules for thee, uh, but not for me. That's the way these folks operate. And I've covered their hypocrisy over and over and over again. And this is just one more example of the utter, utter hypocrisy from the Democrats and some Republicans. They are not exempt from hypocrisy. Uh, Another story I want to get to, play this clip here, is What's going on in New Zealand? And we're going to talk to Twyla Breeze more about the pandemic and her view of what's going on in our country from a public health perspective here in a little bit in the next segment. But before we do that, I got to play this this clip. Uh, New Zealand, you want to know why many people are concerned, they're hesitant to follow the edicts of the public health experts. It's because they've abused their authority and have misled the public on multiple occasions. That's where the mistrust has built. Well, New Zealand, their leadership, their uh, government there, the prime minister, she is invoking a nationwide lockdown because they discovered one case of coronavirus in the entire country of 5 million people. No, not 1 million cases. One single case 
amongst 5 million citizens in New Zealand, the entire nation is now on lockdown. Can't leave your house, can't go anywhere. Stay in your house, isolate, don't talk to anyone. Um, And that's what she literally said, the prime minister here. We're going to play a clip. This is the prime minister of New Zealand telling telling her citizens that they can't talk to their neighbors. Clip one, let's listen. Stay local and do not congregate. Don't talk to your neighbors. Please keep to your bubbles. It comes down again to those very simple principles. We know from overseas uh, cases of the Delta variant that it can be spread by people simply walking past one another. So keep those movements outside to the bare minimum, wear a mask, and make sure you keep up that physical distancing. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Look, I'm not even a doctor. I'm not even anywhere near a medical expert or even somebody who is like um, up to speed on the latest medical practices. But I read enough from doctors who actually know what they're talking about to know that being outside is good for your health. You're talking about vitamin D levels. You're talking about breathing in fresh air. You're talking about being able to exercise, do some cardio uh, workouts that help your heart and your body to be strong. There's there's a plethora of health benefits that doctors will tell you for being outside. And then I just covered the study of how interacting with other humans is good for your mental health. Well, here we are, the Prime Minister of New Zealand is telling 5 million people, not only don't talk to your neighbor, but don't even go outside. No, You notice how they offer no caveats? Like there's no even like, you can talk to your neighbor like in the yard outside with fresh air. It's just don't talk to your neighbor at all. And the question is, where do these people get their information to make these decisions? It feels as though we have leaders in the world that are literally pulling ideas out of their pocket and throwing it out there. And everybody's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's not go outside and let's not talk to our neighbors. That's going to stop the pandemic. That's idiotic. Where are we getting the rationale for these decisions? That's what I want to know. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in a few minutes. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Regressivism is a bipartisan institution. 18 Republican U.S. Senators have proven that true as they voted to pass Mr. J. Robinette's ridiculous non-infrastructure infrastructure bill. Congratulations, 18 Senate Republicans. You've set the stage to allow your regressive Democrat counterparts pass their $3.5 trillion social re-engineering compact, affecting everything from health care and child care to college, the environment, and so much more through the once-a-year available reconciliation process. You voted to increase the deficit at a time when debt as a share of the economy is on track to break the World War II record this year. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Anticipation is a lost art. Today's culture of instant gratification makes waiting for happiness seem unnecessary. But the hope of anticipating something can be a great source of pleasure. Have you ever scheduled a vacation? The dreaming and planning can almost be as fun as the trip itself. Teach your girl the art of patient, hopeful anticipation by embarking on a long-term project together. Try your hand at making sourdough bread from scratch. It takes about five days to make the starter. Or grow a cut flower garden from seed and enjoy blooms all summer long. Better yet, turn those blooms into a bouquet to share with a neighbor. It gives them a dose of instant gratification, but could inspire them to anticipate planting a garden next year, too. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. The Ministry of Preborn is the ultimate life support, helping moms in crisis choose life. I definitely would have gone down the wrong road and probably would not have given my son life if they had not been there to support me. From giving me the ultrasound to throwing a baby shower, and they went out and they got churches to cover my bills. They helped me through so much. It was just incredible. Preborn centers are the ultimate life support for moms in crisis across America, providing hope, love, and free ultrasounds. He's 10 and he's my little angel. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the United States. Would you join with Preborn in rescuing babies? One ultrasound is just $28, or five ultrasounds are $140. All gifts are tax deductible. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. All throughout my history. Storms made way for spring in every season from where I'm standing. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see promises and fulfillment. AFA at the core on the American Family Radio Network. This is Worship Wednesday. That is Josh Baldwin with the song Evidence. We see the evidence of your goodness, talking about God's goodness. Excellent song there, excellent lyrics from Josh Baldwin. The song there is Evidence, and today is Worship Wednesday, so we brought that in for you. On the uh, guest line we have with us, who I told you was coming on this segment and next segment, and that is Twyla Braze, president and co-founder of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. 
Uh, she's also author of the book, Big Brother in the Exam Room, The Dangerous Truth About Electronic Health Records. Twyla Braze is an RN and a public health nurse. Twyla, welcome to AFA at the Core. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, you and I were talking uh, during the break about what you've been monitoring as well in New Zealand. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in New Zealand. For Tell us the truth about the COVID and uh, the numbers going on there. Well, what I like to do is tell people that they can look this up themselves by simply Googling COVID death rates. And once you get there, you can choose any country and look at both new cases and deaths. And so if you look at New Zealand, what you find are virtually no deaths. It's a flat line. It's been a flat line for months. And when it comes to new cases, yes, there's a few little wobbles up and down, but um, the number of cases when they're really skyrocketing, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly how many that uh, months ago that was, but it was a long time ago. And so I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening here with New Zealand unless this is solely political, solely to figure out how much control that they can take over the people. Because there's really virtually nothing happening dangerous in New Zealand. Yeah, that's a good point. And that, that's really the case in many other places. When you look at, when you put things in context and perspective, uh, it's not demanding the type of quote-unquote emergency response that it's getting in many parts of the world and many parts of our country. Uh, what's your overall view, uh, as you've been tracking this, what's your general view of what some are calling the vaccine, but I'm calling, for accuracy's sake, the shot, because uh, it's not behaving like a vaccine. What's your general view of the COVID shot? I know there's multiple manufacturers, but what's your view? Well, generally, our view is um, let's just for a moment think of it as a vaccine, although I don't think of it as one. However, at the end of the day, every individual should be able to decide whether they want to take it or not. And that, you know, to have informed choice, informed consent, this is like, you know, foundational to medical practice. And the idea that they're going around to people's homes, giving shots to them and on the pavement of ballparks and all this stuff, like like this is just, you know, handing out candy or something, um, doesn't recognize that there are serious and significant and perhaps lifelong um, adverse uh, effects, adverse reactions to these uh, injections. Now, when you think about what or how the CDC defines a vaccine, uh, you can just look that up. You uh, just look up CDC definition vaccine. And what you'll find out is that it says it has to give immunity. And then it defines immunity. And in defining immunity, it says it prevents infection. Well, we already know now that there are plenty of people who have gotten the COVID-19 injection who are now getting COVID. And I would say that the other thing to know about this is that there is a organization that has started up now created by three physicians and it's called Chronic COVID Treatment Center at covidlonghaulers.com. And everyone who's listening should look that up because if you know anyone who has had COVID or anyone who um, is still experiencing the lasting effects, 
it appears, of COVID, the long-lasting effects of COVID, this is a place that they should go to. And so, um, but the interesting thing about the Chronic COVID Treatment Center, other than the fact that they have a network of 100 physicians nationwide and they're trying to stop or cure uh, long-haul COVID, is that um, they're not only treating people who got uh, COVID-19 as an infection, they are also treating people who's, who are experiencing long COVID because of the injection. Mm. So they've never had the infection, but they're now experiencing um, deleterious effects of the injection that are acting just as if they had had COVID. And so these are the things that are not being uh, told about this. And then in addition to that, you know, Dr. Fauci, uh, everybody keeps calling it a vaccination, right? But Dr. Fauci on July 20th, when he was asked by the U.S. Senate about so-called breakthrough infections, he clarified for the senators that the efficacy of these injections was all about preventing clinical apparent disease clinically apparent disease, which he defined as symptoms. He said it was not about preventing infection. So, you know, the American public does not understand this. And part of the reason why many of them are okay with the idea of mandating it is because they think it is a vaccine. They think it will stop infection and, and that they won't get COVID. But we're finding, of course, that that's not true. Well, uh, to your point, in your experience, in your career, uh, the uh, sh uh, different medicines and therapeutics, they all go through an experimental phase where they're tested, they're tried, reports are published on them. But this th this is similar. We're, we're still in the experimental phase of this shot. Ha in, in previous years and decades, have you ever seen an experimental uh, therapeutic or shot or vaccine be forced on people instead of having a voluntary uh, test group. Instead, this is being forced. Have you seen this before? Well, I have not seen this before. Um, and even, you know, when it was smallpox, so I've listened to some people discussing what it was like with smallpox, which killed 30%, a third of whoever got it. I mean, it was very dangerous, but smallpox had been used for a century and was considered safe. And so that was the last time that there was really a mandate. And that was like a, you know, cities or counties. And even then I believe it was 20% of the population refused to take that injection. Um, uh, but so this is very un unusual. It's also unwise and, and you know, it's, it's wrong to force this on people, but it's also because it's not a typical vaccine. One, because of how I defined it, uh, how the CDC defines it, it's not a vaccine, but two, it's a brand new technology. So, you know, what happens here is that the, the messenger RNA is injected into the deltoid muscle and then it goes into the cells and it tells the cells to make the spike protein of COVID-19. Well, the spike protein of COVID-19 is exactly where the damage is coming from in people who get COVID or as at, at the chronic COVID treatment center in people who have just gotten the virus. They are suffering the effects of the of the spike protein. So usually what happens is, you know, a little piece of the virus or bacteria is injected 
and your your body mounts an immune response but this is a two-step process and so it's brand new you know creating the spike protein and then hoping your body will mount a process after your own body has made the spike protein so the idea that this would be rushed but not only rushed but mandated yeah uh and even when it gets FDA approval, I believe it's going to be a political decision to do so because most vaccines, most medications, you know, it's a five to 12 year process before they get FDA approval. And again, we, you know, there's really, we don't really know the long-term effects of this. And so the idea that they would mandate that everyone have it or they would lose their job, lose their education, lose their right to engage freely in public life is simply wrong. And, and to your point about the efficacy, traditionally uh, shots uh, have to, and, and vaccines have to have at least 50% efficacy in order to get that full approval that you're talking about, which they're attempting now. Um, some studies out of Israel show the Pfizer shot is about 39 to 40% effective, and that's now, today, that could change in six months. But uh, the reason I bring that up is because the... Uh, we've been trying to uh, eradicate. Here's here's my, my my issue. We have the seasonal flu. At least we did before COVID came around, apparently. But we've had the seasonal flu for I don't know how long, uh, generations. And uh, if these big pharmaceutical companies have been working on the flu shot, the annual flu shot, for decades, for decades. I mean, this goes back I don't know how many decades, and still. The regular flu shot, on average, is about 40% effective, and that's on like a good year. That's when they get it all right. How, how come our, our public health experts and the scientists think that all of a sudden they're going to create a cold shot or a coronavirus shot, and boom, it's going to remain 95% effective for eternity? I mean, th- there's got to be some – somebody's being misled or they're being naive or they just don't know what they're doing. Well, the difficult thing, of course, for the flu shot, which is also not a vaccine, is they don't even know what flu is going to come. You know, they're making guesses. They're looking at what's happening around the country. They're making guesses, and then they put this into production. And the the efficacy of the shot has been as low as 19% um, that I know of. Maybe it's been even lower than that. I don't know. But at least one year in the recent maybe 10 years or so, it was 19 uh, percent, and so the we actually do, or I believe they do, have you know what COVID is, and then they've got all of these different variants. And some people are very concerned, and I don't think we know. I think you know when, when I talk about COVID, I like to say that the truth is hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I listen to a lot of voices, I read a lot of uh, information, studies, articles, listen to a physician speaking about it, you know, all that sort of thing, and. And I, I think, you know, we're going to figure out what all these Delta, Alpha, et cetera, is. But some people are very concerned about the fact that we are vaccinating in the midst of a pandemic, causing the virus to um, lead to variants because it has to do something um, as everybody is vaccinated around it in order to, um, you know, keep itself alive. And that's, that is, you know, the vaccine's intent or the virus's intent. So well, there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of things being said out there, and <laughs> well, that, um, and someday maybe we'll know what the truth is. But we do know the truth when it comes to consent, and when it comes to experimental 
um, medications and when it comes to the right of people not not to have to um, participate in something to which they have not consented. Yeah, and to your point about, you know, the percentage of the population that needs the shot or needs natural immunity or both in order to really fend this thing off, and we're never going to eradicate uh, COVID, and those who say we are, they're lying. This, this You have to be uh, very naive or dumb to think we're going to eradicate an upper respiratory illness. We've de- never done it in history, and it'll never be done. Um, that's why we can't eradicate the flu, and this whole stop the spread slogan is built on a lie. We can't stop the spread of an upper respiratory vi- virus. You may can slow it down and hinder it, uh, but you can't stop it, at least when you look at history. That's never been done. Uh, but to your point, Twyla, on uh, most uh, doctors and researchers and even the CDC say uh, that in order for the for the shot to be fully, uh, to be the most effective, you need at least like 70% of the population to take it or have natural immunity. Um, Israel just got over 70% uh, within the last month or two. They're at 78% of those 12 and older with the shot. Right now they're having a terrible outbreak. Over 50% of their hospitalizations are from people with the shot. Um, But did did our leaders really think that in a matter of months we were going to hit that 70% threshold? I don't see how they really genuinely thought we would do that. Well... What, you know, whether they really thought it or not, what we see here is it doesn't matter. Israel hit a threshold, right? And they're getting COVID. That a lot of their, I mean, I think it might be up to 50% are, are, um, they have, they've had the injection. So you'd think that they would be protected, but of course they aren't. And in Massachusetts, one news article was talking about um, more than 5,100 people who have been vaccinated have now gotten COVID-19 and at least 80 of them have died. Hmm. So, you know, let, I think the thing that's missing here is really any emphasis on those people who have been injured by this so-called vaccine. Nobody's talking about them. And, and uh, except for uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, who held a press conference and had, had several of them speaking, and they're all pro-vaccine. They were all pro-vaccine, but they are all facing things that might be, you know, forever disabilities. And the other thing that's not being talked about, which is a crime, is the idea of early treatment so that you don't even need to face the risk of being debilitated, either by COVID or by the vaccine. Yeah, let's talk about that after the break. We have Twyla Braze with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. 
Thank you for standing with AFA as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. You get the soil ready. You put the seeds in and then you water it. How do you plant a garden? I don't know. You pray that God will give you a good harvest. Then you have to work it to get all the weeds away. And then God brings the plants. Planting a garden takes planning, hard work, and God's blessing. So does creating a lasting legacy for the people and charities that mean the most to you. The AFA Foundation is here to help you sow the financial seeds God has blessed you with in order for them to blossom for generations to come. We do this by offering free consultation and assistance in the areas of charitable gift annuities, estate planning, will and trust planning, and bequests. To learn more, call 800-326-4543, extension 345, 800 326 4543 extension 345 or visit afafoundation.net A Moment of Truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists We don't have a skin problem, we have a sin problem God says in Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God He also says There is none righteous, no not one Those three letter and two letter words leave none of us out whether we be the poorest and most obscure person on earth or the president of the world's most powerful country, we stand equal before him with our guilt and sin. But God has a remedy. In Romans 5.8 he says, But God showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we let God correct our sin problem, we see that we don't have a skin problem. The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you back for this last segment. Uh, we're having some technical difficulties with our guest, Twyla Braze. We'll get her hopefully back on here in a few minutes. Um, but we were getting her input, her thoughts on uh, on, the, on the shot, on all these mandates across the country, um, on what is still an experimental shot. And, and, and one thing I've noticed is... Uh, the, the talking point about uh, not wanting to get the shot because it is still technically in an experimental phase, um, I get that talking point. It's true. It's accurate. Um, but, but, but many people, including myself, who do have concerns about the shot, um, those concerns are going to carry on um, even once the FDA uh, gives this full authorization in the coming months. Uh, and I say that because... Uh, not that not that I'll always be hesitant towards a shot based on what I'm reading and what I'm researching, but uh, because there needs to be long-term studies uh, to give many people confidence that the shot is actually truly safe and effective. And I say long-term studies, just like Twyla said we do with every single other uh, therapeutic, every single other medicine, every single other uh, vaccine. We do years and years of study and research and peer reviews um, before we start saying definitively that something is safe and effective. And that's what's so really misleading about many of these experts 
so-called experts who are saying definitively without the shadow, without any caveats, nothing, that this shot, all shots, even all brands of shots are all safe and effective. They're saying 100% safe and effective. Well, how can you guarantee that? How can you say such? We don't say that with anything else, uh, with any other... Um, any other shot, any other medication, there's always these little caveats, these little small text on the bottle that say uh, potential side effects. Um, we even have that with very common over-the-counter medicines. So when I see people and these public officials say that this shot is safe and effective and they leave it at that with no caveats, it's just just laughable. And so uh, we're, we're, the public is not dumb. We're not dumb. We've been around a little while. And we know how things work. Um, the same thing with, with the CDC encouraging encouraging all pregnant women to get the shot, uh, no matter what. All pregnant women to get the shot, no matter what, uh, even though there's no long-term studies on the effects or the potential side effects of women who are pre- pregnant getting the shot. And, and this isn't just me saying this. I pulled a, a clip a few weeks ago from a fellow by the name of Dr. Robert Malone. And Dr. Robert Malone is the inventor of the mRNA uh, vaccine a protocol, and he's, he's a, the brainchild of the mRNA uh, shot, the mRNA vaccine, which is what many of these shots are based on. And even he, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, even he is saying, we need choice here. We need, we need people, we need patients, we need the public to have a choice, have consent over whether they're going to get this or not. And so that's Dr. Robert Malone. We'll bring in some of his clips uh, another day. He's quoted on uh, Tucker Carlson's show saying this, one of my concerns are that the government is not being transparent with us about what those risks are, talking about the potential side effects or risk with getting the shot. He goes on to say, and so I am of the opinion that people have the right to decide whether to accept vaccines or not, especially since these are experimental uh, vaccines. So, you know, that that's um, a something that you would think everyone in America could agree upon, that if you want to get the shot, you can get it, you have that freedom. But if you don't want to, you should be able to choose. Uh, that's something that you would think we could all agree on, but uh, not in 2021. That's not something we can all agree on. Uh, speaking of not being able to agree this story is out of Chicago, and a, uh, a suburban school there, a private school called uh, Timothy Christian Schools uh, outside of Chicago. This school, uh, their superintendent, his name is Matt Davidson, he announced uh, like the week before they were starting school, this is a recent story, that they were going to operate under this private school outside of Chicago was going to operate under a mask optional policy, meaning if the child or the parent would like their uh, would like to wear a mask or like their child to wear a mask, then they can do so. Uh, but if the parent or the child does not want to, then uh, they can opt out of that. They can choose not to wear the face mask for seven to eight hours a day in school. He said this, quoting uh, him, he said, we've taken a prayerful and very methodical approach. We've determined that our goal, our goal is to stick with the Timothy Health Plan and thus remain mask optional. Um, And so that 
Uh, that school, though, they faced huge repercussions. They had their accreditation pulled in uh, in the state of Illinois. They had their accreditation pulled overnight because they were offering a mask optional policy. Can you believe that? A, a, this private educational system had their state accreditation pulled overnight because they were having mask optional policies. This is absurd. And they ended up folding. They caved to the Illinois Department of Education. Absolutely absurd. Private schools aren't even being allowed uh, to make their own choice when it comes to masks and the shots and et cetera. We have Twyla Braves back with us on the phone. Twyla, can you hear me? I can. All right. You mentioned something going into the break about uh, treatments, different therapeutics and other treatments that beyond just the shot that have proven safe and effective for patients. We've uh, talked about Dr. Zelenko up in the Northeast and how he's treated over 6,000 patients with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and other uh, dr- uh, treatments and drugs. Talk a little bit about some of the very uh, safe and effective, actually safe and effective, proven drugs that are helping people deal with the coronavirus. Well, I, you know, I think that the, yes, the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin, and I would encourage people to go to our special page called earlytreatmentoptions.org, earlytreatmentoptions.org. There is, we have a list of seven bullet points of different physicians that you can contact, and if somebody told me and a bunch of other people recently who've had to deal with COVID with a loved one, you know, get your prophylaxis now. Do not wait. You know, get your treatment now. Do not wait. Find somebody who will give this to you so that you are ready. Because as Dr. DeMello, who's in India, who used to uh, practice in Minnesota, as he said, you know, treat first, test later, don't delay. He likes to get people within the first four days. And he says within the first seven days, it's still okay. But by eight days, he knows he's in trouble. So as soon as your symptoms start, you should be right then and there talking to somebody about making sure you're getting the right dose of ivermectin. And if you get on our early treatment options page, earlytreatmentoptions.org, then you can listen to his video. It's, it's very compelling. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's at least as far as I can tell, because he's treated 6,000 uh, patients, outpatients, only 35 of them have ended up in the hospital. Only 14 of them have died, and they've all been diabetics. And so he's got a protocol, and even a very interesting protocol of his. And for your listeners to understand, the first phase is viral replication, and that's when you want to cut it off with the ivermectin. The next thing that's hap- that happens is the cytokine storm, and so he's got an anti-inflammatory to shut that down. And the next thing that happens is clotting, which is very dangerous, blocking all your blood vessels um, and leading to organ failure when blood can't get there, right? And so then he's got a medication for that. But very interesting, if you are far down, you know, it's been, you know, day 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever it is, when he gets you, uh, he'll start you on the medications, but then he, he doesn't let you go to sleep. He doesn't let you lay down. All night long, you must walk. And why is that? To keep your blood from clotting. Hmm. So here's a, here's a man who's critically thought, unlike a lot of physicians who are just following these protocols in the hospitals that don't include ivermectin. So you really have to have it now and do not count on the hospital. You know, do not count on the hospital. And if they don't treat you right now, you'll end up with long-term covid or long-haul COVID, and that's when I talked about the Chronic COVID Treatment Center. That uh, URL that you mentioned is Early Treatment 
treatmentoptions.org, earlytreatmentoptions.org, and that takes our folks to your website, cchfreedom.org. I'm on there now looking at that very helpful information. And and I think that's another part of this, Twyla, that's been so mind-boggling for many people studying this is the lack of early treatment. Uh, the lack of early treatment, I personally know people who have been told uh, to go home. Now, this was early on in the pandemic, but go home. We're, we're not going to prescribe you really anything, maybe a few things. And then if you get bad enough, then you can go to the ER. Um, that's been the strategy right. across the country. That's tragic, Twyla. That's the protocols on the computer, which is why I wrote the book, Big Brother in the Exam Room, The Dangerous Truth About Electronic Health Records. Those protocols are on the computer. If you want to do something different than the protocols as a physician, one, it will be hard. Two, it may be um, uh, income and um, uh, professionally threatening to you because you want to go outside the protocols that the health plans or the hospitals or the government have approved. This is very, very dangerous for patients. It's, it's really a criminal act. We, I, you know, we, yes. I just kind of wonder how many people have died unnecessarily. And I do want to draw your listeners' attention to realrisk.org, R-I-S-K-S. Don't forget the S before .org, realrisk.org. And this is part of our billboard campaign to tell people what are the risks about the, uh, the injection, but it also has the early treatment on there. It's also got some legal help on there. It's got all sorts of things for people to know when they're making this decision. And some people are going to have to make a very difficult decision. I say that if you've got five choices as individuals, vaccination, so you just, you know, you just agree, right? Uh, or you can have persuasion and there's a whole, we're, we're, we're coming up with a, a website that we're going to call covidlegal.org. It should be up by the end of today. And it's a whole bunch of different mechanisms to persuade your uh, employer, persuade your college. And then the, the, uh, the third option is resignation. The fourth option is termination. And the fifth option is litigation. And that's really where we are as a country now. We should have freedom. But freedoms are on that list. You know, in some places, freedom is on that list. But a lot of people are facing one of those five uh, things. And we do tell people, wait, do not, do not move. You never know what could happen. They can say, you know, by this deadline, you have to be, you know, injected. Well, you know, wait. Call their bluff, wait, ignore yes. them, because you do not know what could happen to change the entire uh, situation. So mm. if you don't want that injection, do not run into it, do not terminate, do not any of that, because you might have a lawsuit against your your company if they've tried to do that and they've lost your pension. You know, make them ask. Don't you ask. Good point, Twyla. Hey, Twyla Brace, uh, thank you for coming on the show. We're going to post all these links you've mentioned on my podcast page at AFR.net so our folks can find it. Uh, thank you for coming on. We'll have you on again. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right. Well, there you have it. That's Twyla Braze uh, on the show there. Excellent guest, uh, Twyla Braze. And, you know, she makes several good points there. And the more I read about this, the more concerned I am. The more I talk to people who know what they're talking about, uh, the more I am concerned about this. And I actually... Uh, came across uh, someone who is in the pharmaceutical field. They work at a pharmacy, and um, for for a, a short period, if not a couple months, during the height of the pandemic back last year, uh, a, 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 this pharmacy wasn't allowed to prescribe hydroxychloroquine to co- to uh, COVID patients. 
they weren't allowed to prescribe it. Even if a doctor sent it over to, to be used for COVID, they weren't allowed to prescribe it. They were they were banned from prescribing it from their upper management. That's inexcusable. Hydroxychloroquine has been around for decades. Um, and that's between a doctor and uh, their patient. And so that was absolutely uh, galling, but it, it all followed the politicization of of hydroxychloroquine and these other treatments that President Trump was talking about. Uh, and, and by the way, Dr. Zelenko, as Twyla mentioned, he's tweeted, treated over 6,000 patients in New York State and over telemedicine, and he also treated President Trump. He treated high, high uh, government officials in Israel. He tweeted, uh, tweeted, he tre- I'm talking too fast. He treated the uh, Brazil president. Uh, so he's treated, Dr. Zelenko has treated uh, dozens of, of upper government officials across the world uh, because his protocol works and it's proven to work. Thus, he's treated uh, 6,000 patients. Well, um, a couple events I want to remind you of before we wrap up the show today. We have two uh, date night events coming up here in the southeast in the coming weeks. Uh, one of them is going to be in here are the two locations. Uh, Jackson, Tennessee, September 20th. Jackson, Tennessee, September 20th. That's a marriage family life date night. We're helping to str- uh, we're, we're aiming to strengthen marriages across the country. We'll also be in Little Rock, Arkansas on November 9. November 9, Little Rock, Arkansas. How you can find out about these events is by going to afa.net forward slash events. afa.net forward slash events. As I mentioned, all the links we talked about with Twyla Brace today will be up on my podcast page within the next hour by going to afr.net. Right there on the homepage, you'll see my podcast. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.